This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents... This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Well, did President Biden overreact in shooting down three still unidentified objects which entered U.S. airspace recently after being so slow to react after taking down another one earlier, which they say was a Chinese spy balloon. And is China testing our U.S. defense systems? How big of a threat are they to America and to the world? Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is the best Asia expert out there, Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China. Gordon, great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Rita. You know, what did you make of President Biden's comments, first off, in the last few days? He seems to make it sound like, well, China is a competitor. You know, we are not looking for provocation. He seems very tepid. How do you gauge, first of all, his response to China after what he says was a Chinese spy balloon over sensitive areas over America? The response of the Pentagon and his senior officials in the Pentagon just was inexcusable and even inexplicable. We now know that the American military had saw this balloon lift off from Hainan Island in China, drift across or fly across the Pacific, and they had a long time to think about what they should do. Now, what they should have done, of course, is that as soon as it reached the 12-mile limit, in other words, it went into U.S. territorial airspace, they should have shot it down. But they let it drift over the Aleutians, They let it go northward into Alaska. They then watched it as it flew through Western Canada. And then they allowed it to surveil some of the most sensitive sites we have. That Maelstrom, Effie Warren, Minot, Offutt, and Whiteman Air Force bases. I mean, to me, of course, it was good they shot it down eventually. But I think the Chinese saw a failure of the Pentagon to defend U.S. airspace And that's going to have consequences because I think that they believe in China right now that the U.S. military and the Biden administration are incapable. What kind of response do you think our president should have? They should have gotten on the phone with the Chinese when they saw that approaching U.S. airspace, told them to move it out because this spy balloon was maneuverable. And that meant that the Chinese letting it go into U.S. airspace was a direct and intentional provocation, and indeed a violation of our territorial airspace and perhaps even an act of war, especially an act of war after we saw what it did surveilling our Air Force bases. I believe they should have shot it down, as I mentioned, as soon as it hit the 12-mile territorial limit airspace, 12 nautical miles off of our coastline. That's part of the U.S. and not international. So we should have shot it down then. And the fact that we didn't, as I mentioned, is just, you know, is a real head scratcher. And indeed, it's a dangerous thing because the Chinese now believe they can do what they want. How concerned should we be about China? 
We should be alarmed. And the reason is that we can't read their minds, but we can see what they're doing, Rita, and they are preparing for war. Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, talks about war all the time. He appointed a war cabinet, as it's now called, at the Communist Party's 20th National Congress in October. Xi Jinping is sponsoring the fastest and the largest military buildup since the Second World War. He's trying to sanction-proof his regime. He's mobilizing China's civilians for war. And, of course, now we know he's flying surveillance balloons over territorial U.S. airspace. Talk about these balloons, too. What kind of information could they be getting? Well, the balloon, which traveled at 60,000 feet, the one we shot down on February 4th, can get much better imagery than some, a, a satellite, even in low Earth orbit. Also, it can probably garner more in the way of communications. But there's one thing that a balloon can do that a satellite can't, and that is it can gauge our reactions. So with this balloon incursion, China saw the reaction not just of whole commands like NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, and they can see more than just the reactions of senior leaders in the Pentagon, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. They also saw the reactions of specific general officers. So they got a pretty good reading on us with this. And as I mentioned, that was not possible with any other platform China maintains. You know, when you talk about preparing for war, Gordon Chang, are you thinking it's a threat to the homeland or are you thinking they're talking about doing something to Taiwan and how would we react? Where do you see them sort of making this preparation? We can't differentiate between that because a war will become global. You know, Rita, on January 28th, which is the day this balloon entered territorial U.S. airspace, a Chinese environmental satellite lasered the big island of Hawaii. I think what they were trying to do was to find out weather patterns, which are necessary for their hypersonic glide vehicles. HGVs, as these platforms are called, carry nuclear weapons that are orbit the Earth in space. And so these are very hard to shoot down. But in order to target effectively, they need to know weather patterns. So we know that through many different ways, they are surveilling us for either a first or second nuke strike. And yes, the war can start in Asia, but it's not going to stay in Asia because of the way the Chinese think about all of these things. So we've got to be prepared in the American homeland that we are going to be under attack. How do we match up militarily with China? You just hear about how aggressive they are with building their warships and other things. You know this so well, Gordon Chang. How do you compare us strength-wise? And do we have a deficit, clearly, in terms of preparing should they go? Well, in terms of preparation, there's clearly a deficit. They're preparing for war and we're not. In terms of overall strengths of the two militaries, we're, I think, uh, far stronger for a number of reasons, but we've got some very critical vulnerabilities. And the most critical vulnerability is preparedness. We are just not prepared to think about a Chinese attack, and the Chinese are thinking about how to kill Americans. And we know that we're not prepared because we saw the reaction of the U.S. to that spy balloon that entered our airspace at the end of January. So this shows that we're just not prepared to think about this, like we were not prepared to think of Osama bin Laden until, of course, 9-11. The Chinese have some better technology. They've got some weapons that we don't have, like 
nuclear weapons on cruise missiles. And they've got some cruise missiles are better than ours. But the problem with China is that its military has not been tested in war. And well, since the Vietnam incursion of 1979, in which the Chinese military performed very poorly. And we know they performed pretty poorly in India over the last couple of years. So they haven't improved as much as you would think. Yes, they got a lot of shiny weapons, but that's not the end of the story. So on balance, we're better, but it's going to be a horrible fight, and we're going to lose a lot of Americans, both military and civilian. What do you attribute us militarily being behind the eight ball and some of the technology that you talked about? Have we been too consumed about sort of woke policies, or what is it? Well, yeah, it is. We got a military that is more interested in social justice and climate change than it is in defeating a real enemy. But it's also because of, I think, a failure to understand the nature of our enemies. So, for instance, we do not have nuclear warheads on cruise missiles, which we absolutely need. This is not high technology stuff, but we've had uh, presidents who believed in arms control and have not been concerned that our adversaries have these weapons and can use those weapons for various purposes and that we do not have an effective deterrent. You know, we just talked about the hypersonic glide vehicle. This gives you an example. The U.S. was a leader in hypersonic flight with, for instance, the X-15 going Mach 5.7 or whatever. China didn't have it. Russia didn't have it. But, you know, we felt we wanted to encourage the Chinese and the Russians to show restraint like we were. We thought that they would match our example of restraint. But of course not. They developed these weapons from American technology, by the way. And now they are advanced, far advanced than we are in some this HGV technology. Same thing for anti-satellite weapons. We, you know, the Obama administration thought, oh, we don't, you know, want to trigger a, a space race because we've got more space assets than they do. So we have more to lose. But no, the Chinese and the Russians didn't show restraint. So it's been a failure of policy in the Oval Office. You know, speaking of the Oval Office, they seem to keep wanting to talk about, as you brought up, climate change with China. And of course, they're one of the worst polluters in the world. A lot of people look at it and go, you're wasting your time. And do you think that that's in part why maybe this current administration has been soft on China, that they're trying to work some climate change deal at the expense of security? We don't have to speculate about that. That is indeed the case. We know what climate czar John Kerry has been saying. We know what the president has been saying. I mean, the president talks about climate change as the number one national security threat, which, you know, is absurd. I mean, we have a military to defend against adversaries and enemies. It's just inexplicable when you start to think about it, that we have left ourselves open. We had unparalleled strength at the end of the Cold War. We let it erode so that our adversaries and our enemies are now stronger than we are in critical areas. You know, a lot of people, in fact, during the briefing, if you will, by President Biden in the last few days, when he finally spoke, it took him two weeks since the downing of that Chinese spy balloon to actually make a statement. And when he did, he didn't take any questions. And one of the first questions from reporters was, is your family compromised? Is that maybe part of your the reason of your policy or your lack of policy or lack of strength against China? Do you think that there is something to that in terms of all the reports we've seen, of course, with Hunter Biden and the laptop? 
Is there something there as to what's driving the president's sort of lack of showing strength against China? Uh, Certainly there's something there. The relations of Hunter Biden with the Chinese don't happen in the absence of corruption uh, or influence peddling. And we know that there's a possibility that the Chinese are blackmailing the president of the United States because of Hunter's behavior, or at least the president of the United States is worried about what the Chinese have on his son. So he's not effectively dealing with China. But, you know, Rita, it's more than this. Even if there were no Hunter Biden, even if there's no money flowing to the Biden family, I don't think it would really make a difference. And the reason is that Biden has misguided views about China and Russia. His views were formed, let's say, four decades ago, and they are totally out of date. So even if he weren't compromised, he'd still be making horrible decisions. This is just a president who does not understand the way the world is right now. He wants to see that China is a partner and we can cooperate with it, but we can't. You know, the Chinese regime talks about killing Americans. They actually, in fact, have been killing Americans with fentanyl and COVID-19 and all the rest of it. Biden won't even talk about the origins of the disease. So here's a president who doesn't have to be compromised to compromise the security of the United States. And, you know, Gordon Chang, it's interesting you bring up fentanyl because, of course, you know, President Biden famously said, oh, yeah, you know, I know President Xi super well. We go back years. And yet he was on the phone call with him. I think it was for three hours at one point, never brought up fentanyl, which, of course, so much of it coming from China, never brought up, you know, everything with the Wuhan lab and COVID and everything else. It seems that that relationship, which he touted so much early on, isn't proving to do anything for the American public in terms of safety. No, it certainly isn't. So, for instance, Biden has had, I think, five phone or video calls with Xi Jinping and one in-person meeting at the G20 summit in Indonesia, Bali. And he's never, never raised the origins of COVID-19. And this is a disease which, you know, Rita... 95% this was engineered, but, you know, there's something that we know 100%, and that is 100% we know that China, once this disease got out into the central portions of that country, the Chinese leadership decided to spread it beyond its borders. They lied about contagiousness, and while they were locking down their own country, they were pressuring others, including the United States, to take arrivals from China without restrictions. You put those two things together, there's only one conclusion that China deliberately spread this disease. That's what, 1,115,000 Americans have been killed by this disease, according to Johns Hopkins. But even if, you know, people may say that number is lower, but even if that number is above zero by one, that's too many. One is too many. And Biden has failed to protect the American people from essentially a murderous policy on the part of the Chinese. More than a million Americans have been murdered Biden couldn't care less. How do you think President Trump would have handled this? You know, you think about how just different leadership styles. My goodness. Yeah, different. I think Trump would have been better. You know, President Trump's response to COVID-19 was not a model of resoluteness either. But I think that Trump certainly would have been better because for a number of reasons. But the point is, Trump hasn't been president for a long time now. We have seen what Biden's been doing. Biden has made decisions, decided not to defend us. And that's what we should be focusing on. You know, speaking of defending us, 
He said, you know, oh, gosh, I've been tough. And lately, again, in this recent comments that he made, he said, yeah, we shot down those three balloons. We'll protect America. And then yet, as you so eloquently said, Gordon, he let that spy balloon traverse across America, get all this intelligence, then they take it down. Why do you think he's still not conceding that, boy, that was a delayed response? And then on the flip side, it seems like he way overreacted on the others. Well, I think that Biden, as a political matter, feels that he can't admit a mistake. And that's a problem. We need to have, you know, we Americans cannot expect perfection from our leaders. But Biden's failure on the balloon, or I should say the failure of the Biden administration, because it's not just the president, the failure of the Pentagon, the failure of senior civilian leadership uh, like Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, I guess he feels that he just can't. You just can't admit that to the American people. But he needs to, because by not admitting failure, he is opening his administration up to continual criticism that won't stop. There's there's just so much there to unpack. But I do believe that you're right about the overreaction on this objects two, three and four. I think he had to do that, though, to show the Chinese that he was willing to react quickly because he reacted so slowly on the first balloon. And really what we've got here, Rita, is the Chinese watching an administration in disarray. So, yeah, they have at point now shot down a lot of stuff, which they say was not Chinese or not Russian. Well, if it wasn't Chinese or Russian, why do we care about that? And I think that the administration still has not answered that question. By the way, Rita, I do believe that it was Chinese or Russian objects, two, three, and four, because Although the administration says, look, these were a company or they were scientific or university balloons or objects, the point is no company, no university, no scientific research center has claimed that their objects were shot down. And if you'd expect somebody to say something, and they haven't, which means that the president is probably not telling the truth to the American people. In other words, he's compounding a mistake. Once you make a mistake, stop digging. Biden is absolutely determined to dig himself in deeper. Yeah, that is for sure. And you bring up a great point because no one has claimed that that is their balloon. And yet it's also scary on the flip side if he's just shooting down, you know, generic objects out of the sky is also really frightening, too. Before I let you go, what can we learn from the spy balloon that's at the bottom of the ocean? They're getting some parts. Is there anything we can learn about Chinese technology from the one that does seem to be at least or at least the public is being told by the administration was a spy balloon? I think, well, it was a spy balloon. I believe that we're going to learn that there was a lot of American technology and components in China's spy balloon. And that's going to lead us to start thinking seriously about start putting in real export controls instead of just pretending to do it. You know, they've already found some American parts on the materials that they have recovered from the ocean. I'm sure they're going to find a lot more I hope that they are going to be honest and open with the American people. But so far, their record of candor is pretty poor. Yeah, that is for sure. Well, Gordon Chang, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are the best in the business. And thank you for all you do for caring about America and everything you say and your great words of wisdom to keep us safe. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you so much, Rita, and stay safe. 
And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.